Warning, this podcast contains foul language, sexual situations, and discussions of drugs and drinking. Yeah. Welcome Welcome to to Fuck Shakespeare. Shakespeare, a podcast for the Shakespeareanly challenged. And anyone who really enjoys some saucy dick jokes. Teachers, we might insult you a little bit, sorry. Okay, everybody, enjoy! Hi, Diana. Hi, Erin. Oh, this is reboot number two. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're having some problems with instability of our network. But we're going to try and go for it anyway. Yeah. So if you hear like weird, you'll know that it's because we're unstable. Oh, wow. We're all unstable. (laughs) Exactly. So here we are. Episode 49, Mac Ers. Mac Ers. Eight. When last we saw our heroes. They were off to elect King Macbeth. Yay! Yep. (laughs) However, there was an important thing that went wrong, and I learned that today, because I happen to be, I'm in Scotland, and I happen to be about 25 minutes from the Palace of Scone, Scone, where the Scottish kings were invested in Apple and, you know, Google and stuff. No. (laughs) And and, um, they they were given the scepter and the crown, and most importantly, a very special sword. And they were told, go out and defend our country, right? <laughs> but there's this very important stone that sits there on that property. And there used to be an abbey that was there, and it, it burned down in the 1300s. But the abbot would come and bless the king, and the king had to be sitting on this stone. And then they would put the crown on his head, and most importantly, the Earl of Fife would hand him a sword. So if you remember, in our last episode, what did Macduff say? I'm not going to no fucking scone. No scone. No scone for me. So the problem was, (laughs) if the Earl of Fife didn't give the sword to the king, then the whole shebang wasn't legal. So Macbeth's, Macbeth's investiture was not all proper. Not at all. So some people could have definitely, like, unelected him on just those grounds. <laughs> Goodbye. No, sorry. But that was cool. <clears throat> and I'll put some notes in the show notes about all the things I found out about the Stone of Scone and how it was stolen. Stone stolen from Scotland. Stone. Fight. Stone nasty, nasty Edward Longshanks. Yeah. Boo. Boo. His English kings. Boo. So... We're gonna do Act Three, Scene Two and Three, and then we are that we are getting into the murder of Banquo. <laughs> but first, we got to see these mackers. And Lady McBee yep. comes out, and she has her only tiny soliloquy that she gets since her first scene. What's a soliloquy, Erin? A soliloquy is when a character is by themselves speaking aloud thinking. Sometimes they're speaking to themselves, but it's also an opportunity for the actor or actress to speak directly to the audience as if the audience is their conscience. 
So Lady Mac seems to be saying in this scene to her conscience that she wishes this had never been done. Yep. Yeah, it's a really interesting moment, but she only gets like three and a half lines to say that, and then Mac comes in. But And it's really clear that the two of them don't talk to each other anymore. She has to like send a servant to go get him. She doesn't know where he is. They don't share what the plans are anymore. I also think it's that it's really interesting that Lady Mac's soliloquy, in quotes, is two rhyming couplets. Yeah. It's like done and done. And I wish I was done, right? Yeah. yeah. She also says being queen sucks, that yep. it's not what she was thinking it was going to be at all. Yep. And we got to hear a lot of that from Mac, but we get to hear just a little bit of that from her. And then... Mm. We have this murder scene that he won't let her know what it is until after it's finished. And we've got this third murderer who just conveniently shows up. Who is this guy? Where'd he come from? There could be a lot of different theories about that. Could be like, is he one of the witches? Because what happens is Flance doesn't get, spoiler, spoiler, Flance doesn't get killed in this scene. He gets away and it's the third murderer who's like, hey, the kid got away. So one of the times that I've directed this play, I made that third murderer one of the witches because I thought they're keeping their prophecy going in a way. Because why did they trust him? The two murderers are like, hey, sure, buddy, you can join us. Yeah, it does seem odd. It's very weird, right? What, do they have a secret yeah. handshake? A secret murderer handshake? They come in, they're like, where'd you come from? <laughs> oh, Macbeth sent me. Oh, okay, secret handshake. Oh, but do do <laughs> yeah. So something you see, you guys decide when you hear the scene. See what you think. All right, Act Three, Scene Two, Lady Mac. All right, you do it. Here we go. Is Banquo gone from court? Aye, madam, but returns again tonight. Say to the king, I would attend his leisure for a few words. Oh, madam, I will. Not sad. All spent. Where our desire is got without content. Tis safer to be that which we destroy than by destruction dwell in doubtful joy. Is she having any fun being queen? No. No. Tis safer to be that which we destroy. No. The dead guy, right? Not sad. Yeah. It's better to be the dead guy than yeah. be this yeah, queen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Enter Macbeth. How now, my lord? Why do you keep alone of sorriest fancies your companions making, using those thoughts which should indeed have died with them they think on? Things without all remedy should be without regard. What's done is done. It's like she's trying to give him the remedy she needs. So of sorriest fancies your companions, you're, you're just, the only thing you're, hanging out with is your own ideas and worries. If you just like went about your business of being king, maybe everything would be okay. And guilt. Guilt, yeah, and lots guilt. of guilt and nightmares. So all of those things should have died with Duncan. But I don't think she believes that. I don't think that's what's happening for her, right? Cut. Yes, she's trying to convince herself. We have Scotch the snake, not killed it. Scotch being cut or burned, right? We've only wounded him. She'll close and be herself 
whilst our poor malice remains in danger of her former tooth. So she'll close, she'll coil back up and she will bite again, right? So we are not safe. Our poor malice, ourselves, our intentions are still in danger of the danger that we put out into the world, right? But let the frame of things disjoint both the world suffer, ere we will eat our meal in fear and sleep, in the affliction of these terrible dreams that shake us nightly. Better be with the dead, whom we, to gain our peace, have sent to peace, than on the torture of the mind to lie in restless ecstasy. The frame of things is the order of the universe, and both the worlds is this life and the next, right? So he's always thinking about that, right? The thing that he gave up is his access to heaven. Yep. yep. And so he's like, fuck it, you know, let the order of the universe go go to go to hell, go go completely to shit. And both of those places, this life and next life, fuck them too, because I don't want to be so fearful and never sleep, right? I would rather be right. dead. Right, because not sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be dead and suffer all the things that I did to Duncan than be torn apart like this. Duncan sleeps well. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. And he's going to go yeah. on to say that, right? Ecstasy in that place, restless ecstasy. Ecstasy is like being mm -hmm. outside of yourself like sleep allows you to be, you know? So yeah, he wants, he doesn't want to be in his own brain. Duncan is in his grave. After life's fitful fever, he sleeps well. Get those F words, fitful fucking fever, right? Treason has done his worst, nor steel, nor poison, malice domestic, foreign levy, nothing can touch him further. Come on, gentle my lord, sleek o'er your rugged looks. Be bright and jovial among your guests tonight. Rugged just means ragged, right? He looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so shall I love, and so I pray be you. So he's like, yeah, sure. I'll just go back to looking normal. Can you do that? You know, she's giving advice that she can't take, right? Let your remembrance apply to Banquo. Present him with eminence, both with eye and tongue unsafe the while that we must lave our honors in these flattering streams and make our faces visage to our hearts, disguising what they are. So he's like, just you keep an eye on Banquo, okay? And lave is wash. So like we need to wash our honor clean by hanging out with these guys who will help us to appear honorable again. But meanwhile, we're making our faces visards means like we're putting masks on. We are not ourselves. We can't be who we are, which is also dishonorable. We can't be honest people. Yeah. You must leave this. Oh, full of scorpions is my mind, dear wife. Thou knowest that Banquo and his fleance lives. But in them nature's copy, not etern. So etern, eternal, right? They won't live forever. It's okay. No big deal. Because she knows about that prophecy, of course. There's comfort yet. They are assailable. Then be thou jocund. So go ahead. Be happy, right? <laughs> okay. They can be struck down. She gets <laughs> a little hint of it. Yeah. Ere the bat hath flown his cloistered flight, 
heir to Black Hecate's summons, the shard-born beetle with his drowsy hums hath rung night's yawning peal. There shall be done a deed of dreadful note. Ooh, listen to all those Ds, right? That sounds like doom. <laughs> d, d, doom. So the beetle, that the shard-born is like scaly-winged beetle, goes bzzz, humming on home to his little nest. And that is night's yawning peal, which is like the sound that calls people to go to sleep, right? <sighs> they get tired. They're like, oh, sun setting. Time to go to bed. Cicadas. Yeah, right. In the evening, winging back off to their nest. Right, a deed of dreadful mm -hmm. note. What's to be done? Be innocent of the knowledge, dearest Chuck, till thou applaud the deed. So he called her dear wife and dearest Chuck. He's like trying to get that closeness back that they had, but it's like empty words, you know, words that mean sweetie. Dearest Chuck just means sweetie, but he doesn't want to involve her in his plan. So if he can't, then their relationship is not full. They're not on the same page. Not at all. Come, sealing night, scarf up the tender eye of pitiful day. So sealing, spelled like that, S-E-E-L-I-N-G, it's like sealing the bargain, you know, the nighttime will seal the bargain of, de of Banquo's death, yes. It's also the sealing, like the sealing of stars, right? But it's also interesting uh, reference because scarf up the tender eye, meaning close the eye. It's a reference to hawking where they used to so closed the eyes of the hawk so that his smell and his ears would be his only leading senses. That's crazy. Wow, that's awful. The way we treat animals is just appalling. I mean, I know we don't do that anymore, but my God, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, this idea that humans are at the pinnacle of all the beasts and, and we should do as we see fit with them. And, and I look at my dogs when I'm walking them on, my, on their leashes and I feel terrible because it's interrupting their essential dog nature. And the more we learn about how complex and well-adapted each individual type of animal is to their unique environment. They are as high up on the chain as we are. I mean, we're just uniquely suited for our environment the way they're uniquely suited for theirs. It's just awful. It's awful. I hate us. I'm sorry. I'm off my soapbox. No, I... I... <laughs> I join you on that soapbox. I'm totally with that. All right. Come, sealing night, scarf up the tender eye of pitiful day, and with thy bloody and invisible hand, cancel and tear to pieces that great bond which keeps me pale. That's the bond of friendship with Banquo. Yeah. Light thickens and the crow makes wing to the rookie wood. Good things of day begin to droop and drowse, while night's black agents to their praise do rouse. So he knows that he's one of night's black agents, right? He's one of the evil things that rouses up when the sunlight goes away. But he's still so poetical. But it's also interesting because we have been living in this sort of weird not night, not day right? Because the sun is blotted out and it's dark out, even though it should be day. So it's like 
hard to tell. Is it dusk? Is it dawn? Is it night? Is it day? We don't know. And that makes it so that all of the scary, evil things can walk abroad all the time, right? Because the daylight normally scares them away. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Because they just said that that was the state of the world right now. So, yeah. Wild. So all the evil things are taking over. And Lady Macbee, she has nothing to say, right? And she's sitting there in silence, like, I do not know what to say to you. And he notes that, right? Thou marvelest at my words, but hold thee still. Yeah. Things bad begun make strong themselves by ill. So pretty go with me. So it's like, we fucked up and now we need to make our claim stronger. We did a bad thing and now we have to keep doing bad things. That is what we have set ourselves up for. And he has a rhyming couplet. Right? He has a few of them. Drowse, rouse, still, ill. And then he ends with this half a line. And it's almost like, is it a invitation? Is it a nice invitation? Or is he like pulling her in the direction that he needs her to go? That's an interesting exit line. Mm -hmm. And here we go to the murderers. 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 A park near the palace. Off you go. Oh, I'm first. Yes. But who did bid thee join with us? Macbeth. He needs not our mistrust, since he delivers our offices and what we have to do to the direction just. Then stand with us. The west yet glimmers with some streaks of day. Now spurs the lated traveler apace to gain the timely inn, and near approaches the subject of our watch. Yeah, so the second murderer says... We shouldn't mistrust him since he delivers our offices. So I think he must, the third murderer must hand them some kind of sheet of paper or something. But do you think these guys can read? Mm -hmm. They probably can, right? Well, you know what? That's an interesting question. I'm going to go with, because they speak so poetically in the scene with Mickey B, B that they probably can read. Oh, all right, good. Because were they in prose or were they? Yes, they were. That's true. And here they are too. Yeah. All right. And they, so and, sorry, and they're speaking, Stem. you know, first murder is definitely very poetical here too, right? I love the lated traveler. That means belated, right? So that's the traveler who's yeah. somehow miscalculated and he's out too late and he's like, oh, I'm not going to make it to the end by, by nightfall. And he's nervous and he's got to hurry, hurry to his destination. And then he's like, and here's just such a one. Okay. I was going to say, just like Banquo talked about when he had that scene with Macbeth, if I don't go soon, I'm gonna be late returning and be caught in the dark. Which is exactly what's happening, right? Yep. And the third murderer says, hark, I hear horses. Give us a light there, ho. Then tis he, the rest that are within the note of expectation already are in the court. His horses go about. So he, his horses go about, he got off the horse and he let his horse walk home which I guess was a, a common practice. They're like, you can walk without the heaviness of me and I'll just walk home too, kind of stretch my legs before. Because you know when you get off a horse, you're all like wobbly, right? 
And the second murderer informed us that everyone else who's expected at the feast is already there. So we shouldn't be in danger of anybody coming by and witnessing this. So then second murderer, a light, a light. Tis he. Stand to it. It will be rain tonight. Let it come down. Oh, treachery. Fly. Good fleons. Fly, fly, fly. Thou mayest revenge. Oh, slave. And they're stabbing and stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. Because later you'll hear them say that they gave him 20 wounds. So they're just like, hiya! Oh! Stabby, stabby, stabby. And then the third murderer, it says, it has a editor's note there, dies and Fleance escapes. But we don't need it because they're saying that in a second, right? Third murderer says, who did strike out the light? Is not the way. There's but one down. The sun is fled. We have lost best half of our affair. Well, what's away and say how much is done. So second murderer, half of our affair. We only did half the damn job. We only get paid for half the job. So we didn't kill two guys. Damn it. So it was short and bloody. <laughs> Very fun to choreograph stage combat. All right, that's Macbeth's second murder. Second murder. Murder. Murder most foul. Yeah, and then we're going to see what happens with Banquo, because we ain't done with him. Okay, so what's happening is because of the weird delay, you end up sounding kind of like a harp. It's like... I know what you're saying, because, you know, but it's so broken up. It's like a xylophone or a harp or something. So when you go... It's very funny. All I can see is Erin cracking up in the booth because she doesn't hear a damn word I'm saying. She knew what I was saying when the script was in front of us, but now that I'm just blabbering, nothing. Nothing. Blah, 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 blah. She's just laughing her ass off. Oh, oh dear. Oh, well. Technology is not our friend today. Erin, if you can see me, we will cut here. All right. I'm Diana. I'm Erin. And this was fucked up fuck Shakespeare. Good. So, little after note, I do not know what this is going to sound like at all. In any case, I'm going to tell you the story of the Stone of Scone. So, when I went over to Scone Palace today, there was a guy who was standing by the stone and he was telling some interesting history and stuff. So, of course, I had to be nosy and listen in and... It turns out that the Stone of Scone, where all of the Scottish kings were crowned and invested, actually came from the Holy Lands, from over in Egypt somewhere, because it was the stone that, if you know any of your Bible history, or if you remember any of this from church, Jacob and Esau, when they had a little battle for the blessing of the firstborn son, from Isaac and Jacob stole the blessing of the firstborn son. However that happened, I know how it happened, but go look it up. He had to run away from his brother. And so he ran into the desert and he ran and ran and ran and ran. And then he got to this place and he was like super tired and whoa, lay down and he put his head on this rock and he had a dream and he dreamed about the angels going up and down to heaven. And isn't that great? Cause they're bringing us stuff and they're protecting us and really cool. Yeah. Okay. So, that rock where he lay his head was known as Jacob's pillow and that dream, Jacob's ladder. And 
somehow, I don't know how, but there was some, this Egyptian princess named Lady Skota, and she was there, and she's like, hey, this rock might be really cool one day, and maybe I'll take it with me, and she took it with her, and she left the Holy Lands, and she sailed on a boat across the Mediterranean, and she landed first in Spain, and she was like, meh, no, don't like it. So she sailed through the Straits of Gibraltar and around the side of Europe, and she landed in Ireland. And she was like, mm, nah, not quite right. And she went across the water and landed in northern Scotland, and she was like, this is it. It was kind of like the stories of the, you know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And she, being Lady Skolta, founded the race of Scottish people. Of course, there were also Picts there already in Scotland, the Neolithic people. And so they had some nasty, nasty skirmishes. But in any case, she brought the stone with her and she put it in this place and they built an abbey around it. And when a Scottish king is invested, he has to sit on the stone of scone, the stone of scone, and the abbot of scone comes and he blesses him and he does this whole long prayer. And then the king's own personal poet comes and he reads out the king's lineage, beginning with Lady Skota, all the way up to the present day of when that king is being proclaimed. So I asked the guy, I was like, even for Macbeth, even because he didn't get the throne by direct lineal descent? And he said, yeah, well, you know, with each king, they kind of swerved that line a little. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so... I was sitting on the very stone today where Macbeth sat to be invested, and I will put some pictures up on our Instagram and show you where I was. It was pretty cool. For additional fun shit from Fuck Shakespeare, you can head to our website at fckshakespeare.com or find us on Instagram at fckshakespeare. If you are enjoying this podcast, you could support us for as little as 99 cents per month. Just click the support button on the page on Spotify or Anchor. Tell your friends. 